Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. You're very welcome to this episode of the NI Golf Channel podcast. We're back, myself and herself. Emma, how are you? We are. I am grand. Thank you, PK. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. So it's been a while since we've done a a podcast. I would say it's not that we weren't looking to do it. Life intervened. I, (laughs) I, I have moved house in the middle intervening period and getting Wi-Fi and Getting a, a room in the house where I can actually record has been a problem. And Emma's taking herself off down the country for a bit of entertainment and family holiday time. Did you get the bats yes. out while you were out? Or... Uh, I did not. I did not. I'm actually not meant to be doing that at the moment because I have a recently discovered injury that I have to have physio for before I'm allowed to do turning okay. movements. Yeah, which oh. is... Ow. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't don't ha- don't have children. Basically, years later you find out they've screwed you up. <laughs> okay. Perfect. I don't know if I wanted to hear any of that, but thanks anyway. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Topics for discussion this week. So because we've been away, there's been a whole lot happening. So we're gonna talk today yeah. about the ASPS Honda. We're gonna talk mm-hmm. about the Irish Open, which is on at K Club down there, would you believe? The sun's out. Four days of oh. sun plant the K Club. Unbelievable. We're going Unheard to talk about of. the Solheim Cup. We're going to talk about the Ryder Woo! Cup. And we're yeah. obviously going to talk about RCD getting the Irish yeah. Open next year. So lots of good stuff to come. However, firstly, one thing I'd like to say is that during the period where we were away, we lost a great golf servant in the north who was Norman Drew. Now, mm-hmm. many people probably don't remember Norman Drew. Norman Drew's heyday was probably away back in the 50s. But he meant a lot to me because Norman, when I fam- once wrote a book about the Ryder Cup, way back before the Ryder Cup came to the K Club all those years ago, mm-hmm. it was my initial in sort of discussions with Norman that set me off on actually oh, putting the book that. together. Yeah, so great man, great fun. Uh, was very involved in a lot of clubs in this part of the world. Was it Knock? Was it Balmoral? Just two, to say the, say the least. So um, I just wanted to flag up. Norman, rest in peace. You were a legend and certainly very good to me when I was looking to write that book. So thanks to Norman. May rest mm-hmm. in peace. Let's get on to talk about the Ryder Cup because it's still fresh in everybody's mind. And obviously, we're looking at the team and from being a wee bit panicky, maybe this time last year, Emma, we're now Do you no remember longer, us? We're now Do you remember no longer, the state of us? <laughs> yeah, they're going to get hammered. They're going to get hooked. Nobody's going to win. How are they ever going to win again? I think you were far worse than me. Oh, whatever. whatever. <laughs> so now we have what can only be considered a relatively good team. Looks very strong yeah, on paper. It does. And it's a bad job, I suppose, when the selection of Shane Laurie is the one that people are going, that's a bit dangerous. What do you think? Yes. Well, it is that. And I think that's that was a bit of a surprise to me. Not not that he was a pick. I thought he would be a shoe for various reasons. Um, least of all, you know, when you do look back at the images of last time's disaster. The passion, the passion from Shane. And, you know, I, I can't remember when he was playing with Hatton. I can't remember what hole it was, but the celebration. And because there's naff all European supporters there, you can just hear this big Irish, yes. And it's like, how could you not want them? You know, we've, we've had lots, we've had people before, possibly with more experience, if not um, 
who've been questioned not been questioned about being picked when they haven't performed maybe as well near the actual tournament itself but how could you how could you not pick I mean his, his pedigree his passion is you know he he was always always assuring for me I think it was the 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 Aberg and Hogard situation was like I I felt like Moronk I've just bless him he's he's handled it very well and social media where he's said how he's feeling and he's hurt in his sleeve but very polite about it all I would say given what he must be feeling but when you just saw Aberg looking like lurking in that leaderboard it's like he's gonna play his way into this and that that's what you want though isn't it you want you do uh, someone completely fearless and in form we'll see but yeah I think I think the two obviously are Aberg um and a high guard so um, yeah. I've no problem with Straka who's played quite consistently uh, yeah, on the US in particular he's deserved his pick high guard ahead of Moronk is a bit tough for me and I think of it for two two reasons really firstly Moronk is a winner around the Marco Simeone course very recently oh, very <laughs> recently which is nothing to be sneezed at when you're going into one of these big events and the mm. other thing is his what it would mean to future teams if somebody like Moronk hasn't been selected. So, you know, what mm-hmm. he couldn't do much more. He won three times. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when you, like when you look at the period, yeah. You know, the con the, the consistency over the qualifying period. Yeah. Exactly. So you're thinking to yourself, what does that mean for the next captain? Well basically what we're saying is that now we're now saying that that level of play and all those wins counts for nothing so i think there's there could be longer term impacts uh mm. for you know setting a precedent there now i know in the past the wild card picks have always been comp you know they've always had issues and there's always been people who have felt let down but luke donald yeah. had six this time so he we def- still managed he could, to be <laughs> yeah he could definitely still have picked somebody from the rank and file of the European Tour. Um, and yes, we know Huygard's mm. a rank and file in the European Tour. Eberg's yes. not going to be. He'll be in the States the next year straight away. He's gone. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's very interesting. I still think overall it's a very strong-looking team. It is. And, you know, like we were saying, obviously we touched on how we were feeling at the end of the last one and just a bit like wringing our hands and what are we, what's the future hold? And it sort of has come, you know, we said, well, the, there'll be new people, there'll be new people that come through. Now, I suppose at the time when that happened, part of my fear, and I think yours as well, was, but when are we going to say goodbye to Poulter? When are we going to call time on West? But, you know, when, but then actually that that decision wasn't there to be made dead like I'm not gonna thank them let's be honest the the issue who shall not be named but that part it was interesting that that was all like nobody he didn't have to think about that that didn't even have to be at the back of his mind about the postman or anything else and some people are very sad about that I know but um I think it was time for a changing of the guard anyway and at least he didn't have his hands tied by that now he's obviously picked Rosie but you know you need somebody and he won Pebble Beach this year and he played well in the British Masters yeah. and you know he's he's no, he, no place, even though he didn't qualify I don't think that's an issue for anybody really yeah I have no problem no problem with any of the selections the only two that I'm concerned about is Eberg I know he won mm. last week out he's still very young he's only a pro six months the Eberg Highgard or Moronk 
debate would be the one that I'm around. But so the, uh, yeah, and I, I'm with you. Yeah, on that, and I felt like I felt like either I felt like somebody would had the chance to play their way into it in the Amiga, but it feels like both of them did, even though Oigard didn't win, which is yeah, where Moronk must feel particularly hard done by. But, but do you remember the Hero Cup though? Because I had to go back and look at this, and he, I think, Alison Whitaker, I think it was her her commentary on when he won his singles. But she said, "What a revelation he has been this week." And you go back and you look at how he played Tinkoff, and he was playing alongside Molinari in that. And I think Molinari will have been quite a big influence. And like, obviously, Donald was there watching. That was the whole point of the Hero Cup. Every trophy is yeah. you want to call it, but anyway, but I I really feel like that that was a bit of a key mm. key decision going back and looking at that. I don't, still don't necessarily agree with it, but yeah, there we go. And it was a long time ago, the Hero Cup. A long time ago. Yeah, For, time form ago. is transitory, but yes, class but is permanent. Don't, don't play match play very often, though, do they? Which is the other thing, so you can't really tell. And there's there's a big difference between teeing up against your European tour mates and standing opposite Cantley and Scheffler and whoever else that wants to <laughs> take, tear your heart out and do whatever. So yeah, we'll um we'll see. We'll see. But it feels like you say it feels like a good team and a lot more positive than we could have ever thought at the yeah, end I think, of the last one. Yeah, I think the balance is quite good. There's some experienced players alongside some of the youngsters. The youngsters aren't wet behind the ears you know and he was able to pick experienced hands and tommy and shane and mm. justin rose so the balance seems very good actually to be honest with you um now they just have to go and play and that'll be interesting to see but while we're staying mm. with the whole team thing obviously have to pick up on the salheim cup and absolutely the great news that our top star leona mcguire mm-hmm made it onto that team. I don't think that yep. was ever in doubt. So nope. that's, an, that's another team looks very well balanced. Yeah, it does. It does. I think the only the only slight curveball maybe there for me was Pedersen. I didn't see her coming. I know she sunk that great part for the actual win um, last time round. But other than that, her record's not that strong, even though she's played in a couple of Solheim Cups. I don't know. It was maybe... Well, obviously, we were hoping for Stephanie's and things, weren't we, if we're being really ridiculously biased. But but no, it was not ridiculous, though. Let's be honest. Hopefully next time it wasn't a ridiculous proposition that, that she might have been one of the people. But Carolyn Hedvall, I think some people may be questioning that a tiny bit. But, mm. you know, her, her pedigree in this event is obviously, again, a wee while ago where she was nailing those clutch putts and, like, that shot into the last in Ireland and everything, you know, that's sort of maths 12 years ago. Um, So, yeah, but then she's won a lot in Spain. She likes this kind of course and it gets back to, you know, like the same like with the guys who've won in Italy as well. It's like, it does mean something when you can play the type of course or the exact course that these events are being played on. But again, it does it does look strong. But equally, when you then start looking at the US team, it's going to be tasty, isn't it? You know, they've got like it is, double it is. major winners. Yeah, and but I, I still think, rest of it. I think across the board, across the board, I still think the European team is actually stronger this year. So I would nearly, and this is, I've never said this before, you could be looking at a, a European double. Oh! <gasps> 
Italian, 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 I, a European double, I honestly think that that there's <laughs> mm. every chance. I don't think the US are that strong. And I think um, they've got home advantage is going to be a key thing as well. Um, yeah. Certainly in both events. So, yeah, I'm going to, I think a wee, a wee wager on a double. Ooh, Emma really? could be in the cards. Like could be on the uh, cards. Let's hope we don't curse these the way that we do the people we pick for the majors. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> Right, getting back at it. So while we were off the ISPS Hand Award Invitational at um, Castle Rock and Galgorm came to an end. It was won by Alexa Pano, the American teenager, and mm. Dan Brown. She won the playoff. Her play to her. Great, great performance. Yeah. Dan Brown won by Country Street. But now that's the event. <laughs> that's he won by I never just played a different course than everybody else. So it was like that, yeah. At the time, it was an event sort of that was innovative that had the men and the women playing together and across two courses and all that. And it certainly garnered interest and it went from being a challenge tour event to a full tour event. And I think deservedly so. No mm-hmm. no issues with that either. But it's come to an end now. So that's the end of the yeah. ISPR Skanda World Invitational. I'm trying to work out when we look back on it. Will it have had the impact in terms of bringing both games together and, without being rude, bringing the interest in ladies' golf up alongside Mm. uh, the men's golf or an actual fact when you think about it? Would you be better simply with an Irish Open men's event and an Irish Open women's event? Mm. It's a a tricky one, isn't it? Because while they were on, they were... They were innovative, and then I think there's even since it first was held, there's been more move towards that, like Scandinavia mixed and and things like that, where people are looking at things differently. But I don't know. I think as I think the the landscape has changed now that we we've got the Irish Women's Open back as well, because obviously that was a big to us a big gaping hole, and that's been brought back with glorious force and is just fantastic event again now it's back in the schedule so it like you say it does does feel like maybe it was a bit of of its time and it it served a really good purpose now whether it's brought the women's golf up to that level I don't know I I would say I would I think it's arguable in Ireland that it is at that level anyway everything any event yeah for a point with pros is is very very well attended and spectators will will come compared to some of the European tour ladies events where you see one man and his dog kind of most of the week and maybe a few more at the weekend so I don't know maybe it feels like it maybe maybe just a couple more years would have been nice to really establish that I agree I think I think that I think that this year in particular with the switch between Castle Rock and Galgorm made a big difference it changed the dynamic greatly you know the idea of a lengthy course and the classic yeah. parkland course that now suddenly that becomes something really different and really interesting yeah um, and it almost became about that more than the fact that did. the women and the men were there as well it was, it was yeah, like the, the your brain of, and gear and your game and gear for wherever you were on any particular day yeah, was. the scoring was actually better at castle rock because gal gorm had been set up quite tight 
they they made it hard. They're rough. Definitely. They're rough. Isn't yeah, it? and they've done a lot of yeah. work there, so it's it's not the course it was when they started out. However, the plan is a belief that they're obviously not just going to leave it at there. They don't do that at Galgorn. They're all they're always at something. So <laughs> the, the, they haven't given up at hosting some event of mm. some type going yeah. forward into next year. So fingers crossed the team up there who who really do put on a great show, um, do well and. Uh, something comes up and they'll they'll keep pushing the boundaries they're not going to sit still and, and sort no. of sit no that's not what they're like up there so fingers crossed we get something interesting and while we're talking about tournaments here uh, mm-hmm. the women's Irish KPMG was on recently as well it was mm-hmm. won by Samilla Sonderby is that how we're going to yeah. say her name I, I believe so who In just a- sort of finished like five hours before everybody else yeah. shot, <laughs> a six, shot a 62 <laughs> came from nowhere and then won the playoff but a, a fantastic event the well it was good the mm. course was immaculate crowds were brilliant i just want to talk about Anne van dam oh no have you ever seen anybody oh. have as much bad luck when she rocked Don't. up to the tournament she'd already had to fix her driver there'd oh. already been an issue and then, did you see that? Have you ever seen anything like that? Should they went to, if if he didn't, loyal listener. Yeah, here's the, a recap. They were oh. direct. It was a playoff. It ended off with a playoff, three person playoff, and she was in. And it was a par five, and one of the biggest hitters in the game. Obviously, had the the chance to use her length or advantage, yeah. and they were driving down the fairway from the 18th back to the 18th, the first tee, and as they decided to cut across and go through under a fence one of the roped off areas and as they were doing it they lifted the rope up or lift lift the rope up drove under it but when they let the rope down too quick and it hauled the clubs and all clean off the back of the buggy into a heap and like if you see the video the, the poor driver of the basically picks up oh, two bits of the driver two bits of driver oh it's <laughs> just awful uh, the disbelief in her face. Yeah. She says, like, you had one job. <laughs> yeah. Can you it's imagine? Just... Imagine what she was thinking. She did very well in the end up. She still hit the green too, by the way. But she did yeah, very, very well. She, yeah. Her head must have scrambled. Oh, and I don't know why they even went that way. Like you said, there was a shortcut, but there, there was a path. Like, you could see the path running parallel to where they were, they'd been on that hole. It's like, why are you even going, why are you even going down there? Tournament tournament officials the world over cringed, and I can guarantee you now that that will never happen at a tournament ever again. Poor Anne, it just she did very well, like you said, like she she rallied herself and she didn't have her driver, she still hit it a country mile, she hit it well, she missed that putt by such a small. Yeah. Such a small amount, really. I mean, she must be got it. Pretty, pretty devastated. Yeah. Aside, aside from that, the tournaments have only been going two years now, and it's mm-hmm. fairly, firmly established. Crowds are excellent. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Ramon and Castle. Now it's moving to Carton House for next yeah. year. Yeah. Um, which is an interesting move, closer to Dublin, obviously, close to the population centre, um, closer, shall we say, to Maguire Central. Mm-hmm. Dr. Molin's furway down the country. So as long as Leona continues to be the player that she is and the star that she is, it's always going to have fans. And, you know, they had 
interesting is something that we've talked about over the last few years is how women's golf is on the rise. So you had Olivia there doing rightly making a cut. You had Stephanie there doing rightly in in making a cut. Leona there making a cut. And then you had Anne Donegan and Beth Coulter mm-hmm. and Sarah Byrne. And, you, 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 you know, the strength and depth and the thought that, you know, if Olivia, if, God forbid, Leona were to walk off in the sunset, it looks like there's people coming behind coming her already. Through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But also for the, you know, for those those to be there and to have the, to use their invites in the right, in if it comes the right way, because we see that so often in the men's game, I think, where they're, they're not and they, they don't necessarily invite people who, in the same way that it will benefit the people from the area and, you know, have a knock-on effect on all the things that they claim they want to do. So it's just the whole setup and the whole, it's all been really well, even though it was the first one seemed to happen very quickly, it was all pulled together so well and it just seems to be a really tight event and hopefully that will continue um, just because it's moving venue, hopefully it won't change. And staying with the Irish Open motif, a couple of things <laughs> to talk about, obviously. We're recording on the Thursday night, the 7th of September. The Irish Open is underway, as I said, down in the K-Club. The sun is shining. It's spectacular <laughs> looking. Unbelievable. <laughs> We've got Rory and Shane there. All the talk's been about the Ryder Cup and all, but they're back out playing. Good field. Adam Scott there, Terrell Hatton. It's a Brilliant. proper tournament. Sellout. Feels like a big event again. Yes. Well done to everybody. But the big news while we were away was that the Irish Open is heading back north. Woo-hoo. So next year's Irish Open is returning to OCD in yeah, around the same time frame as this one. Now, the last time it was in OCD, Emma, you may remember it was in oh, May time. Summer. It was, it was apparently <laughs> good weather. And it was by far and away one of the most miserable events that oh. I've seen anybody go to. It was uh, better. Horrific. Oh, it was testing. It was testing. Even yeah. the, even looking across the morns. I mean, you couldn't see the morns. It was just, yeah, it was a bit wild. And yeah. that was back in that was back yeah. in twenty fifteen. I think That's that was the one. I think Sergio Garcia and all was in that one. Ricky Ferner and all came over, if I remember rightly. Yeah. And they must have, I think it was the last time Sergio set foot in Ireland. It was that went <laughs> miserable. Uh, with a great, but I did have a great winner. Soren Kjelsen won it that year. Um, yeah. uh, one, of, one of the European Tour good guys. And oh, uh, it is a spectacular venue and it's brilliant news for the North because what we've got coming back now, if you think about it, so you've got Royal County Down hosting the Irish Open next year. And the, and year, the year later, after. you've got the <laughs> Open Championship. So, like, yeah, it's just bang, bang. Thank you Not very much. What do you think about RCD as a tournament venue? It's actually, you can't put 60,000 people on it. Uh, no, no, it's not the it's not the easiest for logistics, I don't think. But then they have, they've done it before. And I think, you know, it's just with the whole sustainability thing and everything there's all that emphasis now on about any venue so you should technically be able to bus people and train people and you know like all some of those logistics shouldn't be as big a problem as they might once have been um 
and they do have a you know they've got a blueprint for it already and you would imagine that they'll speak to Royal Port Rush as well about the way that they've moved they moved from being an Irish open venue to coping with the the open and they'll be well they did it, now shared the, between them the, the only way they managed to do that was by basically redesigning the golf course and orc well, doesn't have another golf course well it doesn't, doesn't have the it does have the NC links but i can tell you they'll not be taking be that doing up. that no, uh, they're no, not taking no. that up anytime soon. No. But but you are right, and the, it, the venue does have a track record of hosting big tournaments. It's held Irish Opens, it's held Walker Cups. It's held, yeah, they know how to do it. But yeah, and there will be people out there who will be clapping their hands at the idea of the Irish Open going to a links course because apparently that's where it has to be. Mm. And we've been through that discussion before as well. Yes, we have. And I think, like we've said before, whether the, the nice thing about the Irish Open, the way it works or has worked for the last however long, is that it moves between the north and the south whenever and it moves between Lynx and Parkland. And that's just isn't that great because then it gets to showcase the fact that Irish golf caters for everything. And we've got stunning courses that fall under both categories and all the rest of it. But yeah, I mean, it's always nice to see people being battered out in the links, isn't it? <laughs> Having said it was so miserable the last time I was there. But <laughs> when it's not you, it's different. It's nice to see how they cope with it. So. <laughs> and that's us, really. That's us. We're back at it. Thank you very much to everybody for listening and following our social media posts, as always. Emma, I was getting towards the end of the season. Now you're going. Are you going to the Ryder Cup and are you going to the Starline? What are you doing? Uh, I am, I am. So I'm going to the Solheim Cup in 10 days from now, which is a bit scary. That's quite soon. Okay. Um, and then I'm going straight from straight from Spain to Italy now. You're making it sound very glamorous. I will see marginally, we'll see the golf courses. I would be in a car park in a in a wee TV truck, so it won't be that's, as that's, exciting. That's it. You're, you're close enough to the atmosphere to pick up on yeah. some of it. I wonder yeah. would would you have time to do a wee bit of podcasting live from the oh. venues, or are oh, you going to be see, too I'll... busy? Well, I mean, I probably will be, but I'll try because it would be nice. It would be nice because, like you say, like otherwise, you also don't see for the moments so if you don't stop and like exactly. phone your mum or tell your mates about it. Exactly. Then you right. just so, crack on. So, so we'll see the, what we can do. NI Golf Channel podcast live from both the Solihull Cup and the Ryder Cup coming up in the next few weeks. See ya. <laughs> Bye. All right, don't touch me. Sea woo, shaking that ass.